Hey, uh, it's Danielle Harris. I'm Jamie Lloyd. Jeffrey Landman, Billy Hill. And Dominique, Dominique Otnagira, the evil director. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy to be here with you, Danielle. Oh, thank you. And Jeffrey. Likewise. Yes. And hoping to entertain a little bit with our incredible stories. We had such a fantastic time making this mm -hmm. film, no? We did. We did. You put us through the ringer, Dominique. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for going through it. <laughs> Thank you for offering your vulnerabilities and, and all your talent. Thank you. Because you made the movie happen. Mm, with you. I have always loved this title sequence. Yeah, this is great. It, it, it was an idea of mine. Uh, mm. Mustafa really was supportive of my ideas. And a title company started to do some kind of test on it. And they inserted a camera inside the pumpkin mm. and went into, you know, sort of this incredible world of seeds and, and fibers and so on. And I said, Mustafa, that's not it. I just mm. need to tell the audience how violent this film can be mm -hmm. with extremely short little hits. And that's what it gave at the end, you know? It's great. It starts off a little scary and then when you s discover that it's a pumpkin, mm -hmm. it kind of puts everyone at ease. Thank you, yeah, humor, humor, yeah. because yeah. it's not evil. Never meant to have the film evil, only meant to have the film touch something into the audience, which is our own feeling of fear. Mm -hmm. Fear of the boogeyman, we all have it. Fear of the night, fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. And that's what drove the writing of the film, you know, because I, I, I rewrote the whole story mm -hmm. with Michael Jacobs and um, Oh, this is the end of the last one. Mm -hmm. I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> I do. You do, Danielle. Tell us a little bit. Where did you shoot that scene? Oh, I don't know. Somewhere in Utah. Actually, he was on, uh, Michael was on Little Clear Wires. There was a dummy hanging in the middle of the road. Right. And then uh, we were earplugs for all of this lovely stuff. Some of this was new, though. I think mm -hmm. there's a shot coming up that was brand new. That yes. Yeah, shot. that's right. Thank you. Yeah, yes. I've inserted a few shots in order to, to bring the story further at the moment mm -hmm. where the film ended. Sort of direct continuity mm -hmm. with the previous story. I respected the, the, the basic plot of Halloween 4, mm. pulled it, and imagined what this character, Jamie, had lived in number four mm -hmm. for me was so traumatic. Mm -hmm. and, and that's it, that, that falling into the hole was right. theirs. Yeah, I think this is where... This is theirs, yeah. And the now we're going to go in for the new film. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the next year. All that stuff. That's it. That's where we started the film. In the bottom of the hole, there was an escape route. Ta-da! Wasn't there a story, Dominique? Wasn't, didn't you hire someone else to play the, this guy that we're about to meet? And didn't, didn't you get rained out or something and got stuck up there? Something didn't something. I remember hearing some weird story yes, about that. Yes, yes, yes. We're gonna come to it. I'm gonna tell you the tale. Uh, Michael Myers takes refuge by this uh, man living by the river, mm. which was um, cast by me as a young, very, very thin and odd-looking hermit type. You know, solitary mm. type of man. And Mustafa was not convinced because he thought. 
if Michael kills an old man at the beginning of the movie, the audience is going to be more sympathetic to mm. the old man than if it is a young man. And said, I would like to change the character, but the scene was all shot, everyone liked it, also Mustafa liked it. So Ramsey Thomas, right arm to Mustafa, went into the same set where all our crew sort of ripped out all the set of the location when, because we, this is the new shot from Ramsey. Mm. You know, you, you see the lighting is not quite the same as the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. It doesn't match so well. This is our pictures. So he replaced the old man, uh, the, the young man with the old man. Mm. And, um, and it's fine. It's, it's totally fine. But we hoped not to be, <laughs> not to let him do such a thing easily. Hmm. We almost sabotaged his changing. Wow. But it was fair play. So you weren't up there at all? He just did this by himself? Yep, yep. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yep. I was I... shooting another scene with you guys. Oh. It we was were, during, during we the shoot. We weren't told about this. <laughs> <laughs> Directors have sometimes worries, you know, sure. that don't need to be shared with sure. the actors. But I remember this sequence, at least in the initial script, and I think in the final shooting script, was a lot longer. If I, if I remember correctly, I may have to go home and look that up. But I remember more with the hermit. Yes, mm. yes. There was some kind of communication between the beast and the hermit. Mm -hmm. Correct. I forget now the details. But, yeah, the one year later, there, there must have been something. Yeah. yeah. Do you still have the script, Jeffrey? Oh, I do. I have my, my initial script, and then I have a copy of what we finally shot. Wow, I would Probably love to Probably get a lot for that on eBay. That. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll bring you a copy. Yeah. That's interesting. I'd love to see that one. I, I, I was smart back then and thought, I'll hold on to this before any changes are made. Hmm. Wow. Look at the lighting. Mm -hmm. This is where we introduced the Danielle, the Jamie character. Mm -hmm. I, I think we were very privileged to have such a great cinematographer, Robert yes, Draper, yes. onto the film. Do you remember, didn't we shoot that, the hospital stuff, all in one take, Dominique? Yes. Absolutely. The camera was coming close to your bed. Mm -hmm. You woke up in one take. We later in the editing inserted the reason for you being so traumatized, meaning why are you in such a clinic right. and, and agitated at night and why you have such a handicap of mm -hmm. having lost your speaking abilities. And I remember in a, in a little bit you're going to see... Danielle, you're going to write something on the chalkboard mm -hmm. without looking down. Mm -hmm. And I remember that. You wrote that reel, right? Yeah. Like that, oh, yes. that wasn't pre-written there. No. Uh, no, no, no. It the was in one take. Started, from, right. from the moment of me yep. popping up, screaming, to mm -hmm. me getting on the gurney and going down the stairs, it was one shot. Yeah, it was quite extraordinary. I, I, you know, I was flabbergasted by your performance. Mm. Thank you. No, no. You, you, you remember when I was telling you the story? Mm. You remind me of a... Ah, the tattoo. We're going to get to the tattoo later. Oh, there were many questions from the 17 fans. years later, we're still getting them. <laughs> yes. You see, we tried to parallel what she felt right. he was going through. As he was going through an awakening uh, moment, she was uh, awakening. And this link between her and Michael is the thing we, we suggest here in this first scene. This is, look. Mm -hmm. The chalkboard is empty, and she wrote it. He's coming. 
without cheating, Danielle, you're so great. <laughs> you give me the the, the, the brevities. How do you say that? The, the, the goose pimples. <laughs> the goosebumps. Goosebumps, thank you. <laughs> That's a great shot. Mm-hmm. I remember that was in all the trailers. Yeah. It was our shot, and that is the other crew shot with the old man. Mm. Oh, sorry. All... No, no, it was our shot. The one where he put the mask and turned oh, around. Okay. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Well designed to see the mask, to present the character, mm-hmm. the faceless character. There you are, amazing. How could you... I know that you were holding your breath and not mm-hmm. breathing to get this red heat on your face. And... Mm-hmm. And of course, with all great cinematographers, we had our little fights because he felt being the king of the set. And at some point, when um, I'm doing all these shots, I'm asking him, no, this, 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 and so on, and he's getting a little exhausted, but, you know, likes it and works with me. Uh, When we get to the operating room, Mm -hmm. and I've got my camera going upside down, this one, that shot, shot. he says, oh, again, another film school student type of shot. (laughs) (laughs) It looks fantastic. He said it at the time because he didn't want to fix the camera. Uh. It's so difficult to get the camera on top of the door, and why shoot upside down? I said, this is the way, because her world changes, yeah. goes upside down. I want to tell the Oh, audience. I hated her breathing into my mouth. <laughs> did she really? I hate, yes, she did. <gasps> oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, gross. <laughs> but in the first half of this movie, you get quite manhandled. Yeah, everyone. You're extraordinary. Now, because you were into it, you were yeah. authentically offering your presence inside the moment of the character. Mm. You, you, you know, unprotected. You didn't look to preserve yourself. Your, you just went in. We had this very privileged dialogue, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. You probably trusted me, or yeah, absolutely. And and you just uh, gave. I mean, the performance of your life. I still am looking was... for a script where I can do this kind of work. It doesn't yeah. come. It doesn't happen very often. These opportunities. Yeah. This is a great, great, great character. Well, look at the sadness you have mm. there, waking up. Everything is in the correct mood, you know. Mm-hmm. You, we were playing a lot. Do you remember? Yeah. We, making jokes and yeah. so on. You were having your fun time with oh, all your crew, absolutely. with your mom and so yeah. on. A little bit away from the center where I was. Yeah. But then we were meeting on and on, yeah. uh, close to the set. And you you were so giving and generous, at willing to be part. And I would just give you a bit of the direction of the scene and a few things, and you would try out. Mm. You would throw yourself into the performance and say, no, no, a little left, a little right, you know? <laughs> and and you would know how to adjust. I was amazed by that. Wow. And a few times, if I complete a little bit this idea of you being such a great actress, I was operating the camera, right. and behind the camera, yeah. tears were flowing out oh. of my eyes. Oh, I had to wipe, I wipe my I eyes. I love you. I'm just going to put you in my pocket and take you everywhere, Dominique. <laughs> <laughs> it was like... A little bird who was <laughs> high up on this tree in its nest, who'd never flew out of the nest. Right. And I'd say, I'm down there, 30 feet down there, and say, 
come on, jump, mm -hmm. jump, girl, you can do it. I and you would, you would be throw yourself down the tree and <laughs> hoping that your wings would open to, to you know, carry your weight. Mm. And you'd take off flying mm. and you'd fly through the scenes this way. It was really great. Mm. Donald Pleasance, huh? Yeah. He was very good mood on this film. I think so. He was very available and yeah. and very present. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I received some questions from the fan who said, how was it to work with Donald? Mm -hmm. And I can only say, he was wonderful. Yeah. Very British, <laughs> sense of humor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but as soon as one is uh, in straight contact with him, he doesn't play games, he has no mood, he's there and he's a, such a trooper. Yeah. He's gone, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Ellie, I wish she was in a little more of the movie. Yeah. Yes, I noticed also some fans who wrote, how come you killed her off so fast? Mm. And I said, because she is so wonderful. And because it is unjust to kill innocence. She, she represents the, the good old American, nice, innocent girl, isn't it? Who did the whole previous film and um, it is so unfair to have such a character being right Probably disappearing mm -hmm. it's and that's very much why Halloween is what it is in a sense that from that death on anything is possible right any horror is possible because you've killed already the very nice the girl right. <laughs> you know sure. the beautiful the innocence sexy <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember, because um, we're about to get to you drawing the dog, Danielle? Oh, yeah. I remember there was only, um, on the poster that you're drawing, I remember there was a lot of stress and uh, pressure on you because there was only one of those posters. Oh, right. And I remember they had, for like an hour or so, they had you practicing on just random pieces of paper right. to get exactly what the dog would look like right. without ruining the poster. Wow, you remember all kinds Good of stuff. Good memory, Jeffrey. Jeez, <laughs> Louise. Yes, tell us some of Where those details. Where was I? It's wonderful. <laughs> I remember you were after busy drawing. the fact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, right, yes. Right, that's right. Yes, that's right. Now, this clinic, I don't remember what it was exactly, but it was a, like an abandoned, I don't think it was a hospital. I'm trying to remember correctly, but I believe it was like an abandoned electric company or something like that. Hmm. That like three or four rooms were converted into the the clinic. I remembered especially the through the glass yeah. drawing. I never remembered the poster. I remembered that. Mm. But it's so and cool. And there I am. Hey, Yay! Jeffrey. <laughs> what was your character's name? Billy. Billy. Yes. Billy, the good friend. Just trying to help her. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Trying to overcome his handicap of the stutter, which I yeah. want to go on record. I, Jeffrey Landman, do not have. <laughs> Hello? Oh. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I was just in the shower. I, I remember this stutter. The stutter was written into the script. Yes, exactly. Tell me a little bit what you, your perception of it was. Um, well, I remember the first week that we went to Utah, 
the first week before we started filming, I remember Danielle and I spent some time with um, a sign language expert right. slash stuttering expert. I guess she was yes. two fields in one. Yeah. And yes. she, we were talking about the stuttering, and she was teaching me about people that stutter, and specifically that during times of big crisis and strife, which you'll see in a little later at the pageant scene, people that stutter tend to stutter even more mm. because in the stress, you're rushing to try and get a word out yes. and having trouble. So, you know, I worked with that a lot of varying when Billy stuttered a lot versus a little. But I pretty much just stuck to what was written, written into the script as to what words were stuttered on, et cetera. Mm. Max is gone. Listen to me. Drop the phone, go to the nearest door, get out of the house. Quickly, now, go on. For you, what does it mean to play a character that stutters? What space did you uh, go into? Why do you think that this Billy was a choice by, by, by me. Yeah, why was he in the hospital? Well, that's the thing is that um, in the original script, and, and we shot a lot of stuff showing me outside of the hospital during the day, and the backstory was that Billy was not in the hospital. Correct. And was just a, a friend of Jamie's. I think we, I don't think it was ever said in the movie, but I was told had been in the hospital mm. and was out of the hospital now. And there was dialogue referring to, I think um, Donald Pleasance at one point told me it's time to go back to school. Mm. And that got cut. And pretty much most of my stuff outside the hospital during the day. I don't think you see me at all outside of the hospital. No, I don't think so. So in the finished product of the movie, it's just we assume that I, I was a, a fellow patient. Hmm. I remember this. I remember Donald must have had a little a little liquor in his trailer <laughs> before this scene because I was like, whoo, my goodness. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> This line that I'm about to have, it's been 17 years, and I still get made fun of almost daily for this. Jamie, are you okay? J -j -jamie, are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> All throughout high school, I heard that every day in the hallways. Oh, Thank no. you. Oh, my nice. God. Oh, yes. You were so imagine. little. I was. Get your little like... strut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so fantastic. <laughs> so giving... The character Jamie, such a handicap of not being able to express herself mm -hmm. with her voice, it was difficult to get a totally normal um, speaking friend. And mm -hmm. that, that's why the choice of giving someone who had real compassion to her. Mm -hmm. We will see that later it's much more than compassion. It's real love from, from his part to yeah. her, this, this wonderful declar love declaration scene. But... Um, I thought that would make a couple that would bind themselves much further because he could understand anything that she had said right. because he has also some kind of handicap, not as strong as hers, mm -hmm. the, the stutter, but um, the link between them was stronger to make a little team to confront evil. Mm -hmm. That was the wish. Oh, Ellie, the last scene. Mm-hmm. Ugh, and and so we need creepy. to speak a little bit about Michael Myers. Yes. Just the boogeyman. Just standing there in the closet. Do you remember so Don scary, Shank? Don Shank is an American um, native of about 
six feet five <laughs> or eight. Guy. A huge, a giant. He was the one who did the battle against the big grizzly bears mm. in, in some other films. Mm -hmm. You know, he is a stuntman, an actor, and a, a great, gentle personality. Yes. Do you remember that not once he played a joke with you, Danielle? No, never. To scare you? Yeah, never. Always so He's attentive. so sweet, always never to me, to picking to me up. And, correct. Yeah. And we saw him, I saw him um, about a year ago. We did a couple of, uh, of uh, signings together, and he looks exactly the same, and <laughs> minus his ponytail. Oh, like yes. you, Dominique, like minus your ponytail. <laughs> oh, yes, I lost it. Uh, every time I see this, I think, don't go in that room. I know. He's going to get she you. She knows. I love those suspense scenes. Is there blood on that? Yes. Mm -hmm. Did he cut himself? Yes. Assumably. Hmm. Oh, she knows. No. Oh, God. I, I, <sighs> How much work imagine. did you have to do? <laughs> How much fun, though, I had doing this. Oh, yes. Wow, I love that stuff. I felt like a real actress, you know, all of 11 years old, but... <laughs> you were 11 at the time? Yep. Beautiful. That's what I thought. Mm. What a maturity for an 11 years old. I thought I was 40. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I yes. swear. Yes. I did not feel, but you know, no one ever treated me like I was 11, so. Correct. I was, I was treated very much like everyone else. My memory goes back 12 years to the night when I offered, but I'm going to show you. Bo Star, he's great. He's wonderful. Look at that. I pray. Head of the local police. Huh? Mm -hmm. mm, he's wonderful. Also, Troy Evans, who's mm -hmm. going to be the last cop there. Mm -hmm. we, we had such a great cast. Mm -hmm. Really, really. Things came together for the movie, really. Mm -hmm. Do you remember? It was like we were outside of Los Angeles. We shot it all in the surrounding of Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Big special effects crew, big lighting, big mm -hmm. grips crew, and uh, you know we were a nice chunk of family living out there yeah. and working every day so intensely, mm -hmm. and uh, things came together. The family came together. You were always hanging out with <laughs> Wendy. Wendy, <laughs> Wendy, wonderful actress. Yes, uh, hi, I Wendy. Miss her. Where is she? I don't know. I saw her in a commercial a few years ago, but. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just remember her and and, uh, and Greg Nicotero had a little little fling thing during this. And I, I never knew that. Oh, yes. Oh, really? I sort of assumed, yeah. but I never knew. Oh, it was oh, evident. Yeah. And they were like my adopted parents, <laughs> I think. I pretended yes. they were my remember mom records? and dad. Remember Correct. Mm-hmm. But that's one thing I love about this Remember movie. Is the, it's like, is, what was it? it? Was '89 when we shot it? Yeah. So the the wonderful '80s fashion, as we see here on yes. on Wendy. I love yes. it. But like records and yes, but look at these shots. Look at how precise. How mm -hmm. I enjoyed shooting these scenes because they are scenes with one character inside a house. Nothing happens. All right. You follow the character. Mm. Empty screen moment, typically. And there's so much tension and release of tension. She goes to the same room, 
What does she see? She feels something. Okay. She doesn't see anything. There was no more uh, visuals. But she just has the goose pimples, you say? No, the goose mm -hmm. goosebumps. 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 Mm. Now, whenever you read online anywhere of mistakes in movies, etc., they always talk about this moment coming up, and I would like yeah. to take this moment to clarify it. So people always say she has no jacket on, the doorbell rings, and the next shot you see her in the jacket. And how did that happen? And I just want to clarify, and as we watch this as it's coming up, look, you see her in the bedroom with no jacket, but when you see her with a jacket on, she's down at the bottom of the stairwell with plenty of time to have put on the jacket. Yeah. Solved once and for all. <laughs> she grabs the jacket. There she goes. Yes. But now she's at the stairwell, which in the previous shot we saw was at the other end of the hallway. Great. So we can assume she put on the jacket. We'll lay that one to rest. <laughs> People has, obsess about the weirdest things. And that has always irked me because I've always wanted to just defend that moment and be like, that's not a mistake. There's a long hallway. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Tamara. Yes. I loved her. Oh, delightful. Loved her. I thought she was so pretty. Yes. I just wanted to be like them. I was <laughs> a little and I just wanted to dress like them and of be course. like them. And You were living it there. Uh, speed at the time in the movie. You were not uh, mm. ever taken as a child. No. Do you remember? You know, you were I part was partying of the, with yes, them, hanging the out at nine in the morning, and and I was trying to tell them, send her to bed. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake! No, I loved it. Yes. <laughs> So we were very fortunate to shoot in that community in Salt Lake. We had yeah. freedom, easy work. The town was really accepted. They loved us, didn't they? They used to come. I mean, the same group of people kept coming around for all of our scenes and watching outside and sort of ha hanging out. I see, yeah, I forget this. You know. There was a shot that we just passed where you see some pictures that Jamie has drawn. Mm -hmm. And I've read online also that people think it's Michael Myers. And I just want to go on record that I drew that and it was just a smiley face. <laughs> Don't read into any of that. <laughs> and it was such great locations. Yeah. You know, mm. we came back in a bus full of the crew. There was um, some electricians and so on. And it was about 7 in the morning. It was uh, Memorial Day. And we had finished shooting the farm scenes and all the night scenes, a full night. And we were, you know, we had drink a beer or two after the shoot and so on, and we were driving on that freeway. Of course, way too fast. And we, we got stopped by the police. Lined up on the street, pulled all the beers out of the car that uh, some of them were full of urine because of you had, you know, released the urine inside the beer bottles. And when the cops were sniffing those beer bottles, we were just crawling laughing, you know. And... Uh, the policeman said, who's in charge here? And, you know, I say, I am. And we went away from the guys about uh, 10 yards, and uh, he says, what are you doing here? I said, look, we're bringing your town something like $5 million. We're doing this film. We're all exhausted. We worked all night. They just had a beer. Did you have a beer, you? And I said, no, of course. He said, okay, so you drive, you get them home, and we don't speak about it. And it was such a splendid uh, little story that shows how, even in a very Mormon town, right. flexibility, understanding 
was present, you know? Mm -hmm. That was beautiful, the way the community accepted us. Yeah, especially coming in doing this kind of movie there. Mm-hmm. That's her stunt double, right? Cause, uh, the, the running was. Because right, they're running. driving away. Uh, that's not her hair. Right. Oh, yes. If, oh, I forget about this. I wonder why why was there a double? There was I a sequence in there where they were um, Sam and Tina were trying to outdo each other with cartwheels oh. and like little acrobatic type. I mean, innocent, not like right. huge things. <laughs> but so I know that you still see some of the stunt double running, and I guess the stunt double got in the car too. I don't mm. remember why. For this scene, I hated those pants. I thought they made my butt look big. <laughs> <laughs> Mustafa was telling me, Mustafa Akkad, the producer, was telling me, Dominique. So she sees him from the window, and then, you know, she tries to escape and go outside, but she's trapped inside the hospital. She goes in the basement. It's very slow, Dominique. It's suspense. He's coming. Go easy. I said, Mustafa. Don't think so. Mm -mm. Say so what? Do you, what do you mean, Dominique? Well, I think it is really the moment to show fear and to show danger. She is in great danger right now, and I would like. And I went down in the laundry room and I showed him all the sheets that I've laid down and so on. The lights effect that we wanted to play, we we couldn't do it for him. But Mustafa was looking at the sheets. This is good idea, Dominique. Good idea, and. Uh, so I said, it is a chase. He says, yeah, but the gardener, Dominique, the gardener is an old man. It's slow. I said, Mustafa, give me a try. Give me a shot. He did. He saw the dailies three days later. He never recommended to mm. approach a scene his way. Mm. From that moment on. And then we shot quite early that scene in uh, our shooting period. Right. I remember running through the sheets. We didn't have a set game plan of how I was going to do it. And no. I remember Rob just had the, the handheld camera Correct. and just let me go crazy. And I thought, oh, God, I'm going to run right into him. <laughs> you did. You did. Yeah. You knocked, you knocked the, the, the box of the camera. The, oh, no. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was right there behind Rob. Uh, oh. I could see what he was not seeing. He was seeing the frame of the camera. And I was seeing you, you know outside the frame and I would jerk his shoulders to the right to the left or forward or backwards so that he could follow uh, you you know anticipating right. where you were gonna go I wonder why I'm so scared here because why is this so frightening angry? man is yelling at you why is he so mad at me because you're not telling him the truth uh, you're not telling him exactly what you know and I wonder why I'm protecting Michael you're not I I it could be interpreted as protecting Michael, but you're confused. You're a child. Mm, right. You're young, innocent. What, what is there to say? He was outside the window. And right. what else? What else could you say? That's it. Yeah. And you know that if Michael comes to you, you are willing to give your body to finish the story. Mm. You're willing to go to the end of it. Mm. The, the nurse was wonderful. Yes. Yes. What was her name? Mm. Oh, Betty. I don't remember her last name offhand. Right, Car Car Caravallo. Carvalho, yeah. Yes. I think that's what it was. Yes, absolutely. How? Help me to find him. We'll find him together. There's a reason why he has this power over you. This power over you. 
Mm. Did you ever wonder what it is? She's so kind. Baby. The right, man in black. <laughs> what is this? Everyone always thinks that's me, the little boy waiting for him, but it's not. <laughs> but it yes. does kind of quickly look like kind me. Of. Yes, I thought so too. At <laughs> some point. That was also the second unit shoot. That was uh, Ramsey Thomas' mm -hmm. contribution to the movie because I didn't have time to go to the bus stop, basically. Oh, I hated that he kicked the dog. Yeah, but that's, that's really not, not you. That's no, not no. me. No, that's not you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll speak about the man in black in a while. This is the new interpretation of Michael Myers' house. Mm. And, of course, in the very first Halloween, his house was not a three-story mansion mm. the way Gothic mansion, the way it is there. And some of the fans asked the questions, how come? And, uh, uh, you know, it is evident that we have a showdown for 15 minutes in this location. Mm. We have interior scenes where we need laundry chutes, corridors, an attic, a basement, a huge plan, a living floor, kitchen, bedrooms, you know? Mm. And in a normal house, the way the Halloween house was first set up, not too much was played inside. And that's, I, I thought this house was extraordinary. We had to empty out the family that was living in there. Because this was a livable a house at the beautiful, time. Beautiful, wasn't it? Correct. Like, yeah. You guys just went in there and, and fucked we it up. It up. <laughs> we, we created a set mm. by really damaging part yeah. of the property, putting the plants inside, you see, right. you know, decorating Ugh. it. Uh, Brent Swift is an amazing art director, production designer, really. That's the laundry shoot that's mm. going to play. We, we are now presenting the location for the showdown, mm. obviously. We're doing the tour of the house with, with Loomis, who says Michael Myers has come back. He will go obviously, to his house. Mm -hmm. as, will the, as will the man in black. Mm -hmm. As the man in black. We are all going to find ourselves there. Wasn't that, that Don? Wasn't that Don Shanks that, that did the man in black, too? I do not know. I forget. The tattoo, to link them, that was a, a, a story that came up during the shoot. Mm -hmm. Mustafa was saying, Dominique, I need another li link for Halloween 6. I need a hook. Please, let's find something. And I said, in what, the middle what, what? of shooting, can you imagine? In the middle of shooting. <laughs> and, and I said, what about, does he have a brother? Because, you know, I'm not an expert on uh, Michael Myers. I said, no, but we could make him a brother. And I said, okay, man come out of town. Oh, yes, this is great. I mean, this is great. I said, but I don't know the story. I don't know how it links. And so this man has one function. He frees Michael from the entrapment at the end, the prison. Mm -hmm. And that's all I needed to tell as a story. And to the crew of Halloween 6, to figure out exactly his relationship to Michael and so on. But I needed to say, soul brother, uh, see, now he's locking this laundry chute mm -hmm. really well because he doesn't want other dead animals to fall mm -hmm. down or dead girls, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> And um, um, the tattoo came up while I was shooting. 
And do you know what I drew? I drew this sign, which is a straight line with a triangle and two points, which is a Celtic rune. It's a force. There's 12 runes, or 18, but 12. Uh, and these Celtic runes are a sort of magical force. And that's why I drew it on them. Hmm. And the original script, was it? did you ever talk to Mustafa Dominique about me becoming a killer with Michael? Yes, of course. And why did, did you remember why he said he didn't want to? No, 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 no. Because that would have been really frightening. You're yeah, right. I said it's too much innocence. You can't do that, Mustafa. Right. I forget the way it was, but, um, you know, these, these films are going against morality, but they are very Christian, and they have a high standard of morality anyways. You know, so it, it's really ambiguous. And, and to have innocence, a young girl, 11 years old, mm. uh, start becoming a, a danger for for a community was maybe too That's immoral. Yeah. Nice wax job. Touch the car again and you're dead. Matthew <laughs> Walker. He runs a very successful theater company here in L.A. now. Does he really? That a lot of my friends have, are they smoking pot in the background? Yes. I have never noticed that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Little. How have I missed that? Immoral stuff. Yeah, there you know. <laughs> now they Good have to Christian die. Christian <laughs> movie, what? <laughs> yes, yes, that's why. Well, that's why they have to die. Uh, the first scene. Plus, they're going to have sex. So they really right. have to die. Mm -hmm. But that's how Halloween started. Right. You do something, you know, not very legal, or, or let's say that it includes uh, sex or danger, Christian. Uh, because they're unmarried kids, you know, that's it, they die. And uh, fans were asking about the Camaro and were asking if it was really scratched. No, it is not. We've put a second hood on top of the hood for the hit of Michael because we'd seen through the mirror, you see, only through the mirror. Mm -hmm. That's the most frightening part of the entire uh, movie for me, by the way, ooh. when that scratches against ooh. that. Ooh. Cool. Oh, I remember seeing the, the head yes. that Nick, Greg Nicotero made in for, a box yes. for in him. the makeup yeah. trailer. Yes. <laughs> it's frightening. Oh, it's yes. so great. It looks so real. I have pictures of oh, that head Matthew's inside the so box. Great. <laughs> it's frightening. Matthew. He was not putting any pressure, Dawn, on the neck. But look at him. Oh, oh my wow. God. Oh, kills me. <sighs> it's one way to die. Wow. Uh, it's pretty well done. Yeah, <laughs> it's it scary. It's many years I haven't seen it. Oh my God. Oh, yes. I a little remember pageant. this. This was a long night. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Here comes our kiss. I still have the oh. dress. I still have the pirate costume Do as you? well. Mm -hmm. Oh, collectible items. Mm -hmm. Can I buy it from you? <laughs> <laughs> I remember they made like five of each of our Halloween costumes because they needed to be in more. various state of distress. Yeah. And I took the one that was not destroyed. Oh, mine's destroyed. Mm. I kind of wish I had. I also have the charm oh, bracelet. Look, look the you? charm. Wow. I have the bracelet. Where do you have all this stuff? Just in a box? The costume's just hanging out in my closet. The bracelet I got framed with my script. Very so cool. So I have a little thing I had made. Oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, Lieutenant, 
This shot you offered us, Jeffrey, made me really, you know, sort of touch my heart because you communicated so much through your eyes in such a short time and, you know, so clearly how you were touched and how you loved above and beyond everything, you know. You would give this girl your life. Thank you. Really touching. Mm. This was a great costume. I remember my mom actually helped stud the bustier. <laughs> Your mom was so helpful on the set. She was participating and yeah. having a great time. She had the time of her life. <laughs> yes. I she sends her love, by the way, to both of you. I just uh, talked to her on you. the phone. I remember that there was a lot of discussion and last-minute changing as to what the Halloween costumes for Tina and Sam were going to be. Right. Because I remember, I think Tina was initially supposed to be the devil, mm -hmm. but at the last minute, it was decided that she, you know, it was something a little less Ooh. provocative is not the right word, but you know, the devil is not going to be the quote-unquote heroine of the movie. Right. So Sam became the devil. Oh, God, Correct. This always freaks me out. Yes, yes, yes. Me too. I, I have goosebumps right now. You, you put innocence and threat mm -hmm. together as a mix, a cocktail, and, you know, it sort of gets a reaction. It was interesting. I went to a theater, some of the premieres, but I went to uh, East L.A., West L.A., and I saw the film with different audiences. And all this first 30 minutes of the film, 40 minutes, um, you have rows of guys sitting behind rows of girls. Mm -hmm. And every time there's a fear, the guys are shaking the seats of the girls that are in front of them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's a big party thing. You've got the popcorns flying and so on. Oh, oh, oh. I remember being a little scared that I was going to fall over that thing. We had me harnesses too. on, didn't we? Yes, yeah, of, we had course. of course. <laughs> but, but, excuse me, Jeffrey, I was no, still fine. scared and I'm still right. scared today because a child close to, you know, the void, like this sort of... Um, for those shots, I was mm. scared when I was watching them, shooting them. That kiss. Mm. <laughs> I love that. Look his eyes. Good lighting. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. Oh, she's great. Wendy. Mm. So, ironically <laughs> enough, Good. it's all it takes. Jamie! I seemed more upset with, with uh, Tina than with my sister. I always sort of assumed that you didn't know exactly that it was Rachel per se. Mm. That you just knew someone had been murdered. Right. Yeah, it's true, because then when I see her at the end... Good point. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's uh, your sister? Oh, <laughs> uh, cookie woman. Big cookie woman. I will still, to this day, be out and about, and maybe once or twice a year, someone will come up to me out of the blue and shout cookie woman. <laughs> oh, really? And it, it, it's weird to me, because, you know, 17 years later, I've gone from a child to an adult, and I don't necessarily think I look exactly the same, <laughs> yet I get recognized from cookie woman. That's Fantastic. crazy.
Jamie. Tina, is she in danger? Where is she? No, we've got to get her out of here. Where is she? Tina, where is she, Jamie? This is a hard scene for me to do. Oh, yes. You did it so wonderfully. Oh, oh yes. Jamie, to help us. So hard. To figure out a way to do it and sell it and make it believable that I was getting my voice back for the first time. And, you know, as an obnoxious director who has a strong vision of what he wants, I was talking to you, do you remember? You were going a little bit and I was talking to you and I was saying repeat and doing the same take without mm. doing a second clap. I was going, start again the scene, do you remember? No. And, and you were starting again and big woman, again, again, uh, say it again. Yeah. And then you, okay, and you had no more breath and you were saying big cookie woman, mm. you know, and look at getting this. frustrated. Yes, because you were totally giving your energy mm. for every shot. And I was seeing that, but I knew that if you were more exhausted, it would be, be more authentic yeah, true. and more sufferance. And I, I believe that's part of your great performance. I was so exhausted. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, the end, I don't you know, doubt it. There's no more reserve. You, you don't hold back when you're exhausted. Right. You, you know? I've always loved um, this. Just out of nowhere, yeah, like eight great? million cop cars show up. <laughs> yeah, we only had four. But in the movie, it looks like we had 18. Please, you gotta come with us to the clinic. With the blanket. <laughs> Like, just honestly, imagine that. You're like, running somewhere to get a pack of cigarettes, and you come out, and the cops are shouting your name, and there's 800 cars coming for you. <sighs> and then your boyfriend's gone. <laughs> <laughs> She's having a good night. Yes. And the cops, the sort of comedy relief cops, mm -hmm. those two characters who are really useless, if we may uh, say, in the sense of useless not advancing the plot. Oh, yes, Tina. Oh, she hears me talk. But, you know, they were there a little bit as the penguins, I would call them. Do you remember on the set? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Be because a bit oh. of comedy, they were not solving any of the inquiry about Michael Myers. And then, innocently, they were dying. They were, they, they're supposed to, you know, sort of leave, be the expense of their... Um, Légèreté, uh, uh, light-headedness, mm -hmm. you know? They cut the tension. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I wonder if I didn't push it too far. These guys were so good as actors and making their little stand-up comedian uh, tricks that I was charmed. Mm. And I thought later I should have held them back and say, please, hold back, you guys. This scene is so... Fantastic, you know the one. I that just loved her so much that it was all. You're real. crying there, oh, and her too. Yeah. She was so honest with her acting. Yeah. But look at that, <gasps> this shot. I think right here, this is her best scene. Yeah. She really had those teeth. You know, you're really creepy, filling that little girl with all that boogeyman crap. I believe that you're in danger. Jamie believes it too. Jamie's a nine-year-old girl. Be sensible. <laughs> I'm never sensible if I can help 
Amazing. Mm, the yeah. switches she's able to do, yes. For God's sake, stop her! On whose orders? She hasn't done anything wrong. <laughs> Follow her, then! You see, I enjoy those. But I was wondering, because in the editing we saw them so penguin-like, we've added the music to underline yeah. this a little more, mm -hmm. but because we couldn't go backwards anymore, we couldn't, you know, sort of uh, make them less comic. All right, you're gonna zoom in on me in a moment in the doorway, listening. I had no idea that I was being filmed. Oh, I was cool. told to stand there. I had no idea there was a close-up. I didn't know any of this. It's I was just told to stand there and watch this. And when I saw the movie for the first time, I was so grateful that I was actually paying attention instead <laughs> of just standing there. Yes, you were so absor <laughs> uh, absorbed by what was going on. Oh, cool. Good. Good. Oh, he's following. That can't be good. And that's the Camaro? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. You have such a good memory. And we give you, your character, no relief. Mm -mm. You know, no peace. Nothing. You must be damned. <laughs> <laughs> I always hated that because I never felt like that voice came out of that little mm -hmm. girl. Yeah. Probably didn't. Mm -mm. This is the last thing I shot right here. What do you mean? This was because we didn't shoot it, shoot it in order. Ah, that was so your my last, last scene. This is my last scene of shooting right here. Mm. I cannot believe that you remember all this stuff. My memory is long. Wow. I'm going to wear that for Halloween this year. <laughs> I'm going to be the mole man. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great location, that farm. Yeah. We, we shot everything there. Mm -hmm. The barn. The, the the party field. house the yeah. field the forest we were so fortunate the pimples of the cops <laughs> <laughs> everything was there on location it was kind of and far from where we were staying wasn't it yes, yeah. yeah yeah it was a good hour hour and a half from by car but what a great location and we were there for a big chunk of the yeah. shooting yeah I remember because we also shot the sleeping. stuff from Halloween four that was the new stuff that was added right. was also shot there mm-hmm Three days, something like that. I don't know. Do you remember the kittens in the barn? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Doug Zeus, the great animal trainer, and his wife and child came to see what were our need with animals on the film. There was the dog, there was those kittens. And um, so I explained the scene. He's the animal trainer who did the bear. You know, mm. he has rather a zoo of animals. He lives not far away from Salt Lake City. Um, and um, the day we were shooting these little kittens, I realized that their child, who was maybe 12 years old, a, a young girl, had a way with the kittens because she had a little whistle and was playing with the kittens all the time. And I said, Doug, and to the mom, can we let the child do the animal training stuff and uh, they were so uh, thankful to me because we shot the whole night the girl was with us made those cat go from A to B like nobody's business mm. she was so successful and she was so proud 
and so glad that she was able to to help the movie and hear the kittens. And this girl did a wonderful job. Mm. Now, why would why would he wear a Michael Myers costume, knowing that you know what the story is with our family? Oh, because it's bad black humor mm. for the cops. Right. It's it's a setup for the cops, and and you know, this is uh, lots of fans may wear Michael Myers mm -hmm. yeah. costume because it's part of we're allowed to laugh about everything in life, you know. And even even Spitz in that scene just said, you know, just a bad Halloween prank. Right. A tasteless Halloween prank. Yeah, especially with <laughs> Tina, you know, what I've been through and her love for Rachel and I. Or just the... anyone in Haddonfield, really. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the photography. Uh, you know, we had no lights in the interiors. Mm. In the interior of the Michael Myers house that we saw, here in the barn, inside the barn, there was no projectors, no lamps. Do you remember that? What a freedom for a director to have a director of photography who is agreeing to beam through holes in the ceiling, in the walls, the little light that he needs to create an atmosphere and a scene. To get you. I love how dark it is. Mm. Yes, dark and contrasted. You see now, we are in the part of the movie where we're getting nights, and we shot night after night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you realize that before we were daylight, pastel colors, very soft, you know, and the whole progression of, of the movie, it, it was a concept I, I studied very early on, I, I promised Mustafa, is to go from very light daylight to hard contrast. Um, it's very cold looking. Clair and obscure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but lots of gold. Mm -hmm. If you notice, uh, all the house at the end will be gold and black. Mm. No more white light, you know? Horror plays a lot on the atmosphere of cinematography, the, the feeling of picture. But you see the contrast are really very hard there. <laughs> what am I doing? I hate cats. Oh. I hate cats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a cat person either. I have dogs. Me neither. And I've, I've actually quoted that line many a time. <laughs> and I have two cats. I love cats. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I communicate well with animals. And once again, we have two characters playing a horrible trick on someone else on Halloween. In this town, why would you do that? <laughs> really? I hate you. you had a great laugh. Yes. Sorry. God. Did you see your face? You guys. Now they didn't really get along, did they? No, no. Tamara was very frightened of the love scene. Yeah. And I remember I was I on set. That. She mm -hmm. asked me to come sit on set for it. Right, because she needed all the protection of the world yeah. that she could have. And weeks earlier at the casting sessions, you know, I, I chose Tamara because of her sensuality, mm -hmm. her beauty, her female uh, attributes, all her desirable thing for any human mm -hmm. maleness. And uh, 
closer we were getting to the love scene, harder she became, mm. tenser she became, and unfeminine. Mm. It was so strange to see that. And of course, I was forbidding Craig and all his team to party too much with her because I was thinking, it's the partying. She's going too far. Mm. And she's now tired and she's not voluptuous anymore. Mm. And you will see in the love scene that follows, um, Spitz uh, or Matthew's hands are in fact my hands because she was so frightened. Mm. I said, come on, Tamara. And she, she had a great trust. We, we were laughing, we were joking. And she knew she was just, despite herself, very shy girl, very sort of uh, held back. Uh, and um, it went well, finally, the love scene. But it was really a very difficult moment for her. You could tell she was sort of out of, out of it. She looks a little out of her body. Yeah, yeah. And as I was not partying, I was sort of uh, probably a bit too busy. I, I, I was not following what was happening with her in that time. Mm. I was only seeing her when she was coming close to the set. And he's so nice. I don't. It's interesting. Oh, I don't think it had a lot to do with him. Mm. It was not against Matthew. It was mm. simply she got tight. Right. Mm -hmm. We're so little we fit behind that tree. <laughs> Both yeah. of us behind one tree. <laughs> he was so gentle with her. Mm -hmm. He felt so bad about the fact that she was not, you know, free and comfortable. He, he really was mortified. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the magic of editing and cinema where you know we were able to keep really the the good little moments of yeah. uh, their performances there So I was just going to say, and during the sex scene, we have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, instead of doing a sex scene, obviously the striptease for me is so much more interesting. And not to show really nudity or so, mm -hmm. I've learned that to do the part of the undressing, you could address the love and the sex scene without showing anything right. and that was my my choice you know basically to to have them start loving each other and now there'll be the wonderful safe sex message coming up mm-hmm oh. Actually, the scene, she looks really well. Mm -hmm. She looks beautiful. She looks totally into it. I'm glad. <laughs> we have this uh, editor, Jerry Brady, who was already 60, 60, 70. And um, it's a man I met on my previous movie, Night Angel, here in the States. And uh, we edited this film in about four to five weeks, extremely mm. fast. It was still not anything electronic editing equipment, wow. but just on the 35 millimeter. And 
It was a wonder. I, I really pulled my hat to this man because he worked day and night, because he knew where to contribute to the type of storytelling. He was not... Oh, God. Mm. Bravo, the special effects. Yeah. We need to pull a hand to them, you know. Yes. yes. It was amazing. Greg and uh, Howard. They do amazing work. KNB. How are they doing today? Great. Oh, they're they're one of they the top do, effects yeah. team in Every time in I town. see a horror movie, it's they're all over it. Yes, I've seen lots of credits of them, but what they did there is magnificent, and they were great contributors to the ideas on what to do and how to do it, and and uh, oh my oh. god, oh how beautiful, <laughs> <It's> terrific. <laughs> but you see, this is the typical line of Halloween. In a sense, different than Friday the 13th, different than Nightmare on M Street. It is long suspense, Hitchcock, Hitchcockian type of suspense, and very short kills. Mm -hmm. Very little gore, and violent, but extremely short. Mm -hmm. And that's something I promised Mustafa Akkad. We were in his office on the very first day, on our first meeting, and he had given me a script. I didn't know the whole collection of the Halloween movies. So over the weekend I watched, I watched all the movies and so on, and I watched also the Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, in order to have a picture in the market of the sequel um, in the horror film genre. And um, when I was in front of him and his associated, I made a question to, to Mustafa, would you like to do Halloween 6 one day? me really angry and said, Dominique, are you joking? Who are you talking to? Mm. And I said, because really, would you allow me this? And I took the script and I put it into the trash can in front of him <laughs> and in front of his collaborators. Mm. And they were all shocked. And I said, because you're mixing genres, you're doing body count, you're doing uh, dream uh, killing, and this is not belonging to the essence of Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I suggested to him, a script, a storyline. And I said after five minutes, but can I get my friend in? He mm. says, who do you think you are, Dominique? <laughs> Again. <laughs> and I went, I opened the door, and I had my friend, writer, Bob Harders, waiting for me. He came in, and in front of them, I started to talk to Robert about the storyline that I saw, which is the vision of Jamie that has never been done in Halloween films. You know, Jamie having these visions of Michael Myers mm -hmm. who sees through his eyes, and that's... It's a heavy concept for a very popular series, you know. Uh, and uh, Mustafa said, okay, that's enough after 20 minutes of our talk, just between Bob and I. And we said, okay. And he says, a de decision of a producer sometimes is a very lonely one. And let us leave. Mm. We didn't know if we had the job or anything. Mm. <laughs> and two hours later, my agent called me and says, you are crazy son of a bitch, Dominique, you got the job, and you got the writing job too. And the next day I went back to the office, and I went back alone, because Bob Harders couldn't accept the financial offer that Mustafa gave him, and I said, can I bring my second friend? And Michael Jacobs came in, <laughs> and that's how we wrote this. Wow. These scenes are fantastic, that's it. I love the car chase sequence. Ugh. Yeah. 
I thought I was, I came so close to dying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In real life, just running in front of that car. It, we yeah, couldn't we, break. We were, we were really running in front of this car, yeah. and in retrospect... <laughs> I would never do it again. Never do ever, that. ever, ever. But thank you for trusting me, <laughs> guys. And, and there is, I will point out, there, there is a, a mistake coming up, which is... The car drove directly into a mirror, and we were running maybe five feet to the left of it. And if in one of the shots where the camera was filming the mirror, and there's a shot coming up where you can see that Michael is on the wrong side. He's on the passenger side. You're it's correct. The, it's the reflection that we're watching. Yes. So right there, with the yeah. shot we just saw, he's, he's in the yep. passenger seat. And here we go. Hit the little kid. That's nice. Yes. And was that really you that jumped out of the way? That was yes. me that jumped out of yes. the way, but wow. the tumble was not me. And then this is, I'm, I'm split here between me and Laura Dash. Like, Laura that's Dash. me running, and that's there's Laura. Laura, yeah. If you look closely, you can tell when the, the hair. hair is different. Yeah, and yeah. that's me again. And I, I mean, that's, look how fast he's going. No, that's accelerated, yes. We had it's to accelerate, nuts. because, you know, the car got immediately... Uh, blocked by those trees mm -hmm. was right. not strong enough to crush those trees that were right. you know planted lightly. It was a mess. It was so hard to shoot those scenes. And then this actually... was actually wasn't this this was a real forest that we were yeah. actually. I mean, Correct. There was a path Look how for close. them to drive. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were far yeah. too close. <laughs> and I remember like just ha yeah, just having like a like a path that the yeah. stunt coordinator had said go here, go here, go there. But if I messed up, forget about it. And I also remember I had food poisoning this day. Oh my god. And I was getting sick in between takes. <laughs> that was a challenge to make in such a few days. We shot that scene in one night. Yeah. Everything mm -hmm. of that Everything. scene. I mean, can you imagine the number of shots and the different locations, yeah. the car in the field, in, in the pines, in the forest? We and did this, it. And this scene, oh my God. Your performance there, Danielle. Mm -hmm. Now I wonder why that was that, so why'd you slow that down? Because you were too that fast. moment, ah. But there you were fine. It, we, that is not slowed down. It was just the very first moment. You looked too healthy, you know, too right. awake. She's wonderful, too. Mm. Baby! Tina! Tina! I also remember when we were shooting Good all this, the, the smoke was making us all sick. Yeah. Like, everyone it smelled was like getting sick. like raspberries or something. I remember yeah. there was a... a I think it was in the house that the ambulance came and I had oxygen. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, you're right. Uh, that's the expenses of making movies at night mm -hmm. where the smoke is so valuable. I love that shot that we just passed mm -hmm. where yes. the smoke cleared right at the exact moment that he yeah. popped up. Yeah, amazing, huh? Sometimes we're fortunate. Mm. <laughs> Look at your expression. That's so scary. There. I'm scared. Yeah. The idea of a man coming out of this crash and still, my look at how you look. I just finished a, a film about the wounded in the 19th century war of Solferino, 1859. And I think that, wow, this is a trademark of, my, uh, of mine. I love blood. But not blood that spurs out of the people as gore, but as an element for costume and, mm -hmm. and uh, mm. uh, tiredness and, and to mark an individual in its distress uh, qualities. And my soldiers were really having a lot of blood. 
because at the time, you know, there was no healing, there was no mm-hmm. uh, any type of Samaritan. I remember this like it was yesterday. I remember being told right before we shot this mm-hmm. that I had I was supposed to have two broken legs and two broken arms go. <laughs> and I know that that wasn't literal, but <laughs> I just remember that as as being told what what quote unquote happened to Billy, and never really <laughs> questioning that two broken legs I would not be walking around. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. No, I guess I'm walking. I was just limping. Or crawling with one leg. We're children. We heal quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, don't miss. That speech of um, Donald to the Beast is something that I really enjoyed writing mm. and went deeply into. Why is a doctor who's been pursuing this man addressing this man as if this man had an emotional? Uh, Quantity, because it seems that it is a horrific killing machine that we cannot see an expression because he has a mask. We don't know how he feels because he doesn't say a word ever. And Loomis addresses him emotionally, saying, "Come back to your home, mm. home." And the feeling and the word of home, you know, your your, your place of birth, your safety place come to that and that Michael respond to that is something that I want to insert inside the the storyline in in the sense that evil for me is more dangerous if it has a quality of being an emotional human being Mm -hmm. Michael he has such compassion for him their relationship is really quite interesting this is fantastic this rage which drives you you think if you kill them all it will go away it won't you have to fight it in the place where it's strong he listens to him mm-hmm. why does he never come after him really because he knows he can heal him mm-hmm. because he knows it could be a salvation potentially that's why we have the meeting by the window inside right. the house. Go home. Go home. And it's so odd Donald did this text his own. Because we were rehearsing it. I was seeing an interpretation. I was trying to lead him there. But Donald stood his ground and gave it his own rhythm, his own soul into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that is a great actor uh, to make a speech one's own. And this is the house. Oh. With the shot. I've actually had people ask me why you sit there and brush your hair. And to them I say, watch the first one. <laughs> yep. We shot a few nights there in yeah. that community, blocking all the roads, and uh, they were so nice, the inhabitants of mm-hmm. all the houses. Gosh, watching all this, just from what we've seen from the beginning till now, I can't believe we went through all of this and w- was able to do this in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Because we shot, what, like seven weeks? Yeah. That was it? Mm-hmm. Thirty-some days, yeah. Yeah. 
You just moved, moved right along. Certainly hear you. All right, relax, Loomis. This is my operation. All right, fellas, let's keep it down. And and you see, this is the beginning of the showdown. Let's say you know, long extended showdown with a bit of comic release with Troy, the mm-hmm. the, the cop, Troy Evans, wonderful actor mm-hmm. as well. And uh, you see the lighting, gold and black. Mm-hmm. That's it. Now the rule is set for the rest. Of course, when we come to you, Jeffrey, at the hospital, is some white because of the neon. We want to respect naturalistic uh, feeling, but when we can. And I think that uh, Robert Draper, again, did such mm-hmm. a wonderful job on that. We, we were working also with the, um, I forget his name, a tremendously known Steadicam operator, um, who, who died a few years ago and who wrote several books and who was a teacher of Steadicam uh, theory and technique. And uh, it was interesting to have the conversation with him and, and Rob um, in the sense that they always had to intellectualize my desire for a shot. And more I was going into the shot and saying, no, that is the way I see it and mm-hmm. it starts there, it goes there and not too fast here and you follow there. And uh, they were, after making the shot, realizing that their theory could apply in another way and they would be very happy. But during the moment of creating the shots, they were sort of putting sticks in the wheels to try to find a reason for the shot to be. And for me it was more an instinctive language than a theoretical reason to move the camera this way or this way. And we had our, our four, six cars that are multiplied here. Mm-hmm. All the time I multiply the cars with my shots and the cameras and so on and the retakes. And when uh, Mustafa was watching the film with the trailer team who created the trailers, that's when uh, the idea was we're going to publicized this film as the revenge of Michael Myers on the police side. And mm-hmm. they, they started to make a campaign of trailers saying the police is after Michael Myers, which was not the case in previous Halloweens in mm-hmm. such an extent. And it was just the fact that I was able to multiply the number of police cars. Wow. I'd say you've done your night's work. Come on, my pal Eddie, and I'll give you a ride to the station. Let's go. I remember liking shooting all of that because I got to just finally sit down and not do anything. <laughs> sit there and look cute. Just sit there. <laughs> Yay. Do you, I remember you, Danielle. Those days, you would take my hand because I would be standing, you would be either sitting or there, and you'd take my hand into your hands and you'd bite my little finger, my fingertips <laughs> of my hands, several times. It was a game. And then we would be close to a shot where soon enough you're going to be running into these corridors like totally out of breath Mm -hmm. and we would go you and I in those corridors running like mad because Mm -hmm. you were so tired at these hours of the night and it was a way to re-stimulate your awakening powers you know to awaken you basically and to give you this look look this very much alerted uh, Mm -hmm. feeling of a human being and then when you were really out of breath, exhausted after running like mad with me, giggling and, and doing all this stuff, 
I would say, roll the camera, and I would go right behind the camera, and you would know that it is a, a, a trick of mine to get you into the mood of your character. Right. And you'd use your out-of-breathness and so on, and you'd suddenly transform into a look of horror. <laughs> and I would make a sh mean sound to you and say, Go, Danielle! <laughs> and you'd, you'd, you'd take the energy of the go, and you'd just play the panic. And I, I remember this like if it was yesterday. Wow. That's awesome. You, you'd use my energy, <laughs> your right. own out of breathlessness, and then you'd go, you know? Yeah. Fantastic. You were so... And um, that you took the time to do that with us. I mean, it must have been challenging working with... Knowing you were working with kids, basically, were leading your movie. But... You know? If, if taking care of actors is not a priority, where is the director? Right. Excuse me. The rest is to serve you mm -hmm. what the audience watches is the performance is the authenticity right. of what an actor says all the rest needs to serve that purpose mm -hmm. i'm i'm a, an actor fondest fan lover right. really you're definitely an, an actor's director mm -hmm. look look the, the the shape of michael behind him for example We've built that little part of the staircase to create that little stunt that was not existing in the original house. Mm. And if you notice, again, not a single source of light was from the inside. Everything came from mm. the outside, the windows. Wow, I'm learning so much. I know. <laughs> I thought I knew everything about this movie. <laughs> Yeah, the ramp there was built of balsa wood and everything. Because you know what? I wanted to have the extreme hard contrast on the face of Michael mm -hmm. and the, the near kiss. I mean, they're so close together. Mm -hmm. They're going to come, you know, uh, breathing in each other's face. But I wanted the window as a hard contrast behind them. And that's one of the great things about having a character like Michael who has the white mask in that you don't necessarily need as much light because whatever light is there is going to be picked up and, mm. and make him frightening because he's so pale white with that mask. Mm. An interesting footnote is that I know they made three masks for Halloween 5, and one of them is in the Smithsonian. Oh, wow. They wanted, I believe the Smithsonian asked for the a mask to represent the Halloween movies, and they gave them one of the ones from number 5. Very strange. I'm so glad. A little bit of info. With Greg and the KNB team, mm -hmm. we worked so much on redoing a, a mask for right. Michael. Because, anyways, in latex, the one of Halloween 4 were ruined and not fitting really anymore Don Shanks' uh, face features. And uh, as I wanted to render Michael more human in this film, and we will see why in the attic later on. Uh, I wanted to have him away from the hockey mask of Friday the 13th. I wanted to have it more human. Mm. And two days after the beginning of shoot, I realized in the garden when we did the daylight scene that his nose was too soft, too human. And we had to change again the mask while we shot in order to make his nose a little more harder lined, rigid, uh, so that it is less human. Hmm. So I'm glad we really studied this mask, yeah. that it ended up at the Smithsonian. Oh, 
Danielle, what, what did you not do? Bad shooter. Sometimes I watch these movies and be like, "You people live in Haddonfield, don't you know that shooting him won't work?" Right. This isn't the first time he's come to town. <laughs> <laughs> This, those scenes, I remember, you're out of breathness, you know, and the ones to the laundry shoot later. Mm. Oh, that laundry shoot. And this was also some of the last stuff you guys shot, because yeah. I believe, wasn't the house the last location? I think so. So you must have been just dead at this point. <laughs> yes, it's exhausting. I'd like to point out that I'm not in this scene. Oh. I was supposed to be. I thought you were. But in the script I was, and I believe I was either not called for shooting that night, or I was I had already left to come back to New York after shooting was done for me. For some reason, I was not called to the set this day, so you never see me alive at the end. But technically, I'm supposed to be there, and I'm still alive. Absolutely. So go on record. Oh, Billy lives. I remember that, but uh, it's strange. It's true. You were supposed to be in that scene. Yeah, to show me alive. Yeah, of course. And now she's all alone in the house. I've never, I just have never, I really haven't seen another horror movie like this where there's a little kid all by herself trying to fight off, you know, the devil, basically. Mm hmm And climbing into that air conditioning chute. <laughs> I remember when I first read that, I was like, that is brilliant, <laughs> putting her in the laundry chute. Yep. Because it's also something every little kid has wanted to try at some point. And you know, oh, yes. I wasn't harnessed or anything. I mean, nope. I just managed to stick my body in there. Yes, and, yes. And prop myself up, and I just so happened to fit. And it's not like I was, you know, they, they built it around my size. No, but you were so courageous, and you were so proud to fit like this. I know, I loved it. I remember in breaks when they were changing lenses, I didn't need to get out. I just would hang out in there. Yes, <laughs> I just yes. prop my feet up and, you That's know. what you were telling me. I was so concerned. And you know what? We, do you remember, Danielle? We had a little studio where we shot the attic part and the laundry yes. chute interior part. Yes. We had s built yeah. seven parts of tubing mm -hmm. in different uh, portions, mm -hmm. one next to another, some verticals, some horizontals, so that you could go there and we could place the camera at the different angles that I had envisioned. You know, these feet is not on location. Of course, this shot on him is not on location. These are shots done in a studio, obviously. Right. These sandbags, the, right? Co correct, sandbags, yes. <laughs> um, I remember seeing it going, I don't weigh that much. I wouldn't have made that big of a bang. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what is that, she fell two stories? Yes. Two, yeah. yeah, two. Yeah. She was in the first story and... I even remember, you know, when you when you see, you know, I always talk about this at, at functions, conventions and stuff, the knife going through. Remember, you know, Dominic, it went through my leg. Yes. And we had the prosthetic leg, but it was so gory. And you'll see it when I when I hop out of the, well, we'll get to that, I'll tell you. That you, you wounded, yes. Yeah, and there's blood coming out and I'm limping and grabbing onto it, but never showed it actually going through. Actually, and even the stabbing through, I was in there when, when you were stabbing to get the knife and I had my feet up and just knew how far... How far down not to put my feet? Uh, of course. I mean, that was not done. The outside shots there were done uh, on location, but the inside uh, knife coming in 
-hmm. were done in the studio. Mm -hmm. And we somehow knew where your leg was and where the knife had to go. But obviously, you know, you were a child if you were suddenly moving your leg somewhere. But you were so precise. Yeah, I stayed in there. It's crazy. (laughs) Gosh. That was in the studio, of course. Mm -hmm. Oh, you were such a trooper. You know, I wouldn't be able to do this now. <laughs> I would be so claustrophobic. There's no way I would do this as an adult. I don't believe you, Danielle. Oof. Just have Dominique ask you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the knife hit against it's the right leg. There. It's right there. Yeah. Yes. Had I'm been looking cut at it now. By the, yes. Yeah. And, and that has been cut by the uh, censorship, of course. Uh, was not gory. It was really simply the knife entering the flesh mm. for a half a second and coming out. So it was there was no blood coming out of the leg mm. and so on. It was just too strong right. uh, for anyone to accept that a little girl was was yeah. hit by a knife through a laundry chute. See it right there. That's it. Big wound. Yes, yeah. we did it especially. You climbed out this way to show it, yeah. you remember? And there was a big chunk of wax, I think, that that's what it yes. was. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think the scene... Uh, it plays content, better without it. Yeah, it plays yeah. fine. It's great, great, great sequence. Don't go up into the attic. <laughs> don't do it. You don't know what to... Oh, wait till you see what's up there. All your dead friends are up there. Stop. <laughs> Even my dog, man. <laughs> Do you realize how your face changed metamorphoses throughout the movie? How round and pleasant and innocent you were at the beginning and those shots? You are another character. Yeah. This is the greatness of your transformation. Mm. You've become the heroine of the film. Mm. You went through the handicap uh, given to you at the beginning, which is lack of speech. Right. You superseded that, and now... You sacrifice yourself. Mm. You take all right. the risk on yourself. This is how your character has been growing. And you, the actress, ha- we're not conscious of the evolution of the character to that level that we're talking now, but you transformed yourself. Hmm. Look at your face. You knew it. You, you felt it. It was weird because out of all of the things that I saw and did, what bothered me the most out of, out of this was getting in that coffin. I had a really yes. hard time getting in there, yes. like uh, dealing with it emotionally. I don't know, it just really bothered me. I remember that. And that's where you realized that uh, your sister was dying, mm-hmm. it, uh, had died. Uh, uh, I remember I was really afraid that my dress was going to catch on fire. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because at because some point... Because of all the crinoline and everything, I thought I was supposed to knock, come out of it and knock it over. And I thought, I'm, gonna, I'm going to catch on fire. I know I am. That was our fear to all of us. And there it looks easy for you to go in the coffin. But I remember we tried, we wanted to rehearse, Mm -hmm. and you could not go in there. It scared me. It just really scared me, I think. But look at that. It's so... The the power, the child. And then when I say uncle, this is actually Lana, Mustafa's daughter's voice. That's not my voice. Really? Mm -hmm. That's Lana's voice. Mm -hmm. She did my, my ADR for me. So this is the asked question, why? Why does Michael do that? 
Yeah, why does he do it? Again, to give him an emotional side, to say he's a human being, he has an emotion, he has a tear, and that's really him. I mean, if we thought it was an American Indian uh, <laughs> native for yeah. Michael Myers, he doesn't look like it on a close-up of the eye that's coming up. I was going to ask, why don't we see his whole face? Because I know that was very touted in the because trailers, it, it that it, you know, he's should, unmasked. It should not be seen. We should keep the secret. Right. We should, you know, the mystery. It's at the striptease. You don't want to see the girl naked. You want to see how it might become. Right. So your imagination is richer than seeing reality. Wow, he just picked that up and threw it across the room. And that bathtub, too. Yes. Unbelievable. What a strong man. Oh, yes. That attic was a beautifully art-directed mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Now, didn't, um... You Didn't Don her. break his nose doing, yes. the, doing the scene down? Yes, because of the stage? coffin hit his nose when he was throwing it. Ah. He hurt himself because of the uh, cover, the, 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 you know, of the coffin that came down. This is horrible. I mean, like a man <gasps> tarting evil with a little innocent girl. Mm. I'm outraged at the, <laughs> at the scenes I wrote. wrote <laughs> really. I love it as much as I I think it's awful. <laughs> it was very difficult to conceive the end of the movie and to conceive it into the home of Michael Myers and to conceive it so simplistically with a you know a, a fight man to man, not ten guys shooting with lots of guns at, at a poor human being or, or at, at evil, just some tranquilizers mm. and a piece of wood. Mm -hmm. And I thought, when Mustafa saw that, he said, but Dominique, it's going to be too thin. It's not going to be a, a great climax. I said, Mustafa, trust me. And at the time, he had known me very well. And he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. I think the impact of this scene is, is really interesting. He was really hitting him, right? Yeah, yeah. With a piece of wood. I mean. Yeah, it was balsa wood, but he was hitting him, <laughs> yes. I thought, I thought this is where Don broke his nose. No, no. Mm. I was no. going to say, what I also like is that it's Loomis taking him down, as opposed yeah. to in number four, it's Rachel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is sort of... You know, Loomis's great moment. And a heart attack. personally defeating Michael. Yes, because it was supposed to be his last movie. Right. Mm -hmm. He was wounded by Michael and has a heart attack. Donald Pleasance um, had wanted to work less and, and finish with the series, and they die one on top of each other face to face, basically. The idea was to give him the opportunity to leave the series. I understand he came back for six, mm -hmm. but um, that was the plan with Mustafa. <laughs> And the rest is epilogue. Not I'm not convinced about this shot of him in the prison mm. with the mask. Yeah. I, could, I, I could just thought that for the, the first moment. I was like, why does he still have the mask I, on? I, I couldn't. I, I was really go against the convention? No. And uh, show him, you know, like transition home prison because of the light of the cop cars and, you know. Um, 
So if he's home, he should have the the mask on, mm-hmm. and uh, but I never, you know, give it credibility. Now, if the man had not come, he would have stayed in jail. No, well, I'm I mean, sure he would have found a way out. I had some other you know. plans. <laughs> I was like, put him in jail. If the movie didn't do well, he would have stayed in jail. The, all the things the way he goes down, he goes to jail. <laughs> This was one of the last scenes we shot. And again, in Haddonfield on Halloween, what policeman says to a little girl, stay in the car. It right. doesn't stay with her. Right. <laughs> no, yes, it's the epilogue, really. I think, um, you know, the adaption that we had to do for the... We, we had no time to shoot the killing scene in the corridors. Right. We had no time to shoot this prison. It was not planned in our shooting schedule. We didn't receive a day or two uh, added shooting days to shoot that. So we had to rush through it. It was basically something added to, to our our work schedule. Was there ever a different ending or was this always the way it ended? No, no. There wasn't a different ending, hmm. obviously, because the I know there was the escape of the prison. Um, my real ending that I remember right now is the one between Loomis and him inside the house. Right. And the cops coming to save you. And that was um, it. But that was it, yeah. I think Greg was was on the, Nicotero was actually on the floor and yes. I don't remember where, I think he's right there. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Him? He's also in the Cookie Woman scene. Is he? He's getting oh, yeah, out of the store right. as Tina's going no, in. No, that's not Greg. No. Where is he? That's true. And we shot all this with one Steadicam mm-hmm. shot. I remember trying to, as an actor, trying to look at Greg and imagine that he was really dead and use that to make myself get really upset. Did it work? I don't know. (laughs) You tell me. (laughs) (laughs) If not, you had that such a need for every other scene. Mm. My God. I can still cry like nobody's business. (laughs) Today. Yep. Wow! Congratulations. Just think of me and you cry. There you go. <laughs> Have you ever seen steel bars with flames? No. No. <laughs> Halloween five. Danielle, yes. Jeffrey. Dominique. Yeah. That was really a great pleasure. You know, I, I said this to Ellie when I, I did this for Halloween four last week and, and I said we've I've actually never sat with her and watched the movie together and I've mm. never sat with the two of you and yeah. watched Halloween. Do you remember Danielle? We had our first screening at the Academy of Science. Yes. You came. I sat next to you. We started to watch the film. Ten minutes on, I saw your breathing change. And I said, come on, Danielle, let's go. We went out. We had an ice cream. We (laughs) chatted. And we came back. And you know why I did this? Hmm. I realized that while making the movie, you were not affected by fear. Uh. There was nothing fearful in your surrounding, with the crew, with right. everyone else. You were just a kid playing with us mm-hmm. and willing to be an actress doing a job, certainly. But as a kid's level, it's more like a game right. of all this attention given to you. And then when you saw the film and you had the impact of, my God, she's running like this because right. of him and so on, it was transforming I you. I to get scared. So I had to protect you. <laughs> I couldn't Aww. 
Hmm. My heart was bleeding for the fear that I was seeing in you, so I took you out. And that, that's really the conclusion because of what you gave to the movie, not knowing of the impact that would be later, hmm. and that reserveless. You just gave everything. It was fantastic. This has been so nice. <laughs> Congratulations. Like, oh, thank you guys. I I think the the film has <laughs> I think very few horror movies nowadays come close to movies like this. The style and the energy and the the effort that we all put into it and you know minimizing the gore and like you were saying about you know the Hitchcock suspense. I think that it's it really sort of stands on its own. I meet people all the time that still love this movie and I think 4 and 5 really do stand out in the series and it's mm -hmm. just good old-fashioned storytelling and good old-fashioned suspense and horror. I haven't seen the film for probably 12 15 years. Mm -hmm. uh, the last time I saw it was at the horror film festival in Belgium in Brussels where they had two times real 5 and they missed real three <laughs> but the festival owners and uh, organizers asked me to nevertheless project it and to tell the story of the real missing real oh how fun mm. it was really a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> and you know i'm really surprised at the quality of filmmaking that i see in front of my eyes now the coherence between performance lighting storytelling i think it really holds it hasn't aged so no. much in no. the sense of storytelling yeah. or rhythm of editing or looks great just the fashion excuse me just the, fashion. the fashion well yes definitely except for that it holds up yeah mm. thanks for being there guys thank, thank you, you.